0: Welcome to the Third Line Plug, SenseCast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jensi. Tim, how's it going, sir?
1: It's going pretty good. It's starting to thaw up a bit in Calgary, so that's nice, but it's not like we're going out much to enjoy it.
0: Yeah, that for is... For now. For now. Yeah, that is true, man. Like, this whole like, coronavirus thing, like, it's getting scary now. Like, People are actually indoors i just heard nova scotia i think is in a state of emergency right now so you know
1: yeah well i heard germany has really cracked down like i saw a bloomberg headline but i haven't been able to follow up on it that they banned meetings of two or more people so they're just really throwing the hammer down in germany and uh, i've got a bunch of friends in california and they're under
0: uh well la specifically and they're under shelter in place so they can't even leave their homes It's fucking scary shit. Yeah, it's scary shit, man. Now, with all that being said, Tim, now usually today's episode would be Season 3, Episode 24, which would be, you know, the insert cover athlete here, but since there was no hockey games, we have decided that today's episode is going to be our Third Line Plug Season 3 Retrospective Episode.
1: Yeah, it's just really weird to be doing it now. Like, I mean, I guess we'd be doing it in two weeks, but under normal auspices. It's just kind of weird.
0: It is. And of course, now give or take, if and when the NHL season does return for the regular season, this might be a little bit too premature. Same with our second half recap here in a few weeks. But, you know, at the time, hockey's pretty much over. So I think this is the best time to do it. And with all the craziness from the coronavirus and everything going around, we decided that, uh, you know, we're going to have to have a good time and look at some good things for once.
1: Yeah, crazy. Are we going to still do our top five uh, good things and bad
0: things episode? Yep, we're still going to be doing that. So any of our scheduled content that we've been doing, like I said last week, we're still going to be doing that. And we're working towards a few other episodes this coming off season. But going to save that for another time, Tim.
1: Fantastic.
0: Actually, speaking of last week's episode, let's talk a little bit about that. Because I had to say on my end... I don't know. I just, I didn't feel overly sharp on my end. And I was constantly flubbing words and well, it, it may not have sounded like in the finished product, but if you're listening to the unedited version, I'm just like, Oh my God, I can't believe I've been doing this for three seasons, man. You think I would actually be getting good at this?
1: Well, I think last week's episode was tough because think about what had occurred that weekend. Like the world was shutting down. The stock market melted down. The first of very major restrictions came down. Like, things have been moving so fast, so I expect us to kind of not be as professional and to be kind
0: of flubbing it a bit more. And one thing I do really appreciate listening to that episode is I think we both kind of kept a level head and just, like, this is what it is. And I think the discussion around the L.A. game itself, I felt, was kind of the most
1: interesting because it was just really recognizing and appreciating that when all this crazy stuff is happening, the players aren't really focused on the hockey game.
0: And you know what's funny? I, th- I want to Yeah, definitely it was... Definitely yourself you mentioned. I thought it was somebody else, too. I heard that from... But no, it was definitely you mentioning that you can tell halfway through the game when they found out the NBA had cancelled or postponed their season, you could tell their heads were like, oh, fuck, like, we're next. We're the next yeah, thing exactly. And
1: I felt like that was probably one of the best games we've covered. Because we got a lot of interesting discussion. Like, the Anaheim game before it, yeah, it was a weird game. Like, what are you going to say about it? Hogberg comes back uh, pretty cold and just has, doesn't have a great game. Like, that's it.
0: That's a very good point. Yeah, I mean, the L.A. game for me, when I look back on it, it was, I don't want to say more memorable, but it was definitely a game where we got more talking points out of it than we did with the Anaheim game. Because the Anaheim game is like, okay, Hogburger got fucking lit up for three goals and four shots. Like, well, how much more can we go with that? Exactly. So, overall, Tim, given that the coronavirus has hit this country and many others and people are now doing the social distancing, I gotta ask, given that you do work from home, what have you been getting up to this week at the Gen household? The real answer is Mostly I've been doing work, and I've actually been pretty on top of uh, what I need to get done. But also, a lot of Animal Crossing. Now, you and I were talking about this before we hit record. Now, of course, the brand new Animal Crossing for the Nintendo Switch came out this week. And I know a lot of people I've been seeing on Twitter have been playing it. Now, I don't own a Nintendo Switch, so I didn't pick up the game. I do remember Animal Crossing back in the day from the GameCube, but well... I never really played it because I didn't own a GameCube, and I know you did. So I wonder. Did to you get it on the
1: DS though? Because I know most of us in our class got, ended up getting
0: it. No, I didn't. I never got it for the DS. I think I was the uh, only one who didn't get it. No, uh, but okay. I do remember that. Yeah, like you said, you had it, and Drew had it, a bunch of other people. So I gotta get your quick thoughts on the brand new Animal Crossing for the Nintendo Switch, Tim. Uh as a, like I said, this at pre-record, but it's it's a very very good Animal Crossing game. If you're not really into the slow burn
1: life simulator kind of genre, then it's really not the game for you. But if you do like that sort of thing, it's a fantastic game and I do suggest you pick it up. They've added a lot to what you can do. Like you can kind of craft furniture and like they give you a lot more control over what, where things go. Uh, and you can even terraform your island if you don't really like it. So it gives a lot of creativity to the player. And it really appreciates multiplayer. So, like, if you got a Bud, you can play with them on the couch, Or although the on-couch multiplayer is kind of limited. But, uh, yeah, if you have friends who ha- have it online, you can play with them simultaneously, and it's quite a bit of fun. Online for the Switch, caveat prompter is always a little janky because a lot of the online services, including voice chat, go through your cell phone and not the console. Really? Yeah, so what they did is and I believe this is to really off, offload some of the process get pretty much any, as much processing and ram power as they could out of the console because it is a portable console at the end of the day. They offloaded a lot of the voice chat and that sort of synthesizing to your phone. And I get I get the logic. It's always just it always seems a little janky.
0: Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't really owned a Nintendo console for a number of years now. Their online capabilities, now, I've always I've heard kind of conflicting reports about it that some say it's actually not too bad, others say that it's really kind of hit and miss. Overall, what did you think about the online features for the Nintendo Switch so far? So far, they've been pretty good. Um, Mario Kart's worked out pretty well. For Pokemon Sword, it's just Sword's
1: online mode is really badly designed. Like, it's not the fault of the Switch, it's the fault of Game Freak. Like, their matchmaking is really, it doesn't update properly. I haven't done a lot on, I haven't played a lot of online Smash, but what I have played, it's been okay, but you can, t- not a lot of lag smoothing or anything like that, which is really hard to do for net play, so I don't regret them that too much. Like, I think it, like all consoles, it depends on the game. But, like, the underlying online stuff for the Switch seems to be pretty good. Like, the only thing that might be a big issue for the Switch is it's it's a
0: More portable console, so it doesn't have an Ethernet port. Yeah, I was going to say, because I don't think a lot of modern-day consoles have that anymore, given that they have the really strong Wi-Fi connections through the console itself. Um. Or did I'm it? not
1: sure about the PS4 Pro or the Xbox One X, but my Xbox One and my PS4 both have a wired connection port.
0: Okay, maybe because I've never had to connect it, I've never actually checked, and maybe I'm just talking around my ass at this point, but no, but that is good to hear that, you know, you're enjoying Animal Crossing, and like I said, like I I played it a couple of times back in the day on the GameCube, even though I never had one, and overall, I, I thought it was fun, I thought it was a very, very fun, very cartoony how can I describe it? It was kind of like, cause I used to play the Sims quite a bit back in the day. It kind of reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. Although it's like even more slow paced. Yeah. Which is, I think it's cool. I think one thing that is, it's a bit sad to me is it's kind of lost a bit of
1: its Japanese flavor because they could, in the original game. And I guess I didn't, I didn't really appreciate it at the time because I wasn't, I definitely wasn't as familiar with Japanese culture as I am now is uh it is a really japanese game so like things like having the small post box trains like train stations
0: in every small village being a very important like, like like there's a lot even the denomination of the currency is very japanese the new animal crossing though is is it developed by nintendo of japan or nintendo of america it's developed over there of course but it's
1: as the game's gone on like some of the features have become more international and a lot less strictly japanese
0: Oh, okay. That's why I was asking, because I, I I know with certain developers' games, like you were talking about, they had the Japanese features for the original Animal Crossing. I was imagining maybe if Nintendo America was doing it instead of Nintendo Japan, maybe they were looking at that from more outside of Japan, right? You have those kind of features where a player from outside of Japan could look at it and be like, okay, yeah, this kind of is seems familiar to me, and it's not strictly Japanese.
1: Uh-huh. Like, this game, it's set on a deserted island. Although, uh, it's funny because there are still the hidden... You can definitely still tell that it was developed by a Japanese crew. For instance, uh, the ATM that you do a lot of your, uh, interactions in, like paying off debt, that sort of stuff. Right. Uh, it has sound effects that are very similar to the 7-Eleven ATMs in Japan. So you can definitely tell that, uh... It is a Japanese developer, and there's still those hints, but it's not, it doesn't seem to flow through as much. Mm-hmm. Although, apparently, uh, if you're in a not Japan region, but you have your console language set to Japanese, the game comments on, oh, your Japanese is pretty good. Which is such a stereotyped thing.
0: Solid. So, I'll talk a little bit about my week because. I've been off work for the past week because of this coronavirus and I pretty much got laid off until late April. Although the good news I can say right now, I am going back to work on, well, I guess tomorrow actually, tomorrow is Monday. It, I don't, this whole coronavirus thing has really screwed me up on the dates. It's just like, like what day is it nowadays? But overall, you know, I spent my time off, uh, getting back into watching some Netflix stuff and of course stuff on YouTube. I did watch a few movies on Netflix one of them being the new Mark Wahlberg movie, Spencer Confidential, which I didn't really like it. It was just such an average, run-of-the-mill cop movie where, you know, it's, so ba- it's such a basic plot. It's about a cop that goes to prison for, for a couple of years because he assaulted his police chief. When he gets out of prison, the chief's murdered, so he needs to find out who killed him. It's such a run-of-the-mill movie there's no chemistry between the characters in that movie, which I was like, oh, okay, well... I watched it once, after I turned it off, I was like, well, I'll never have to remember that movie again, because there's nothing really that great about it. But I did get a chance to watch wow. another... There was another movie I got a chance to watch. Now, I didn't see it on Netflix, I did rent it. I got to see the newest Kevin Smith movie, *Jane, and Bob Reboot. As you know, Tim, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, I've been a fan... Wait, 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 for... Hold the
1: phone. You rented a movie?
0: I rented it on my PS4.
1: Oh, okay. I was like, video stores exist? Holy shit.
0: Well, some of them do. I mean, there was one in Langford for the longest time.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the last blockbuster is finally gone.
0: I know. It's a sad thing, man. Sad thing. So anyway, I got a chance to sit down and watch the newest Jane and Silent Bob movie. Excuse me. And it's one of those movies where... You kind of have to sit back and just let it everything happen and just accept what's going on. It's not you basically a, have to turn your brain off. Pretty much, it's a movie where it's a movie. I know the critics would not like it because it's a movie where there's a lot of callbacks and a lot of references to Kevin Smith's older movies from the Viewers verse. And I like that. I like the fact that you know he mentioned like he references mall rats and clerks and. There's a really great scene with Ben Affleck where he references chasing Amy and, of course, Dogma he references. He references a lot of his old movies. He brings us back old characters, which I really liked. But for myself, I just... Because I did watch the older movies and I got a lot of the references, I think I got a little bit more out of it than somebody nowadays who maybe coming into it didn't really get the characters, Jane, and Silent Bob or understood the references or whatever, I think they might not get a whole lot out of it, but overall I really liked it. It's a movie where, like I said, it's just a fun road trip movie very much in the way Jay and Selma Bob strike back was, which was like 20 years ago. And obviously this whole movie is, it's about reboots and you know, the Hollywood the Hollywood system. There's that underlining thing about it. And of course they even just outright mention it in the movie. Like this is basically what reboot it is. It's just a rebooted version of with *Strength Back*, but with females instead of. Well, I guess with a younger female cast. Is what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, it almost sounds like uh, *Once Upon a Time in Hollywood*, but it's Kevin Smith instead of Tarantino.
0: Funny, funny enough, I never saw it. Never, I didn't see it.
1: Yeah, I heard that it's a very it's a very Tarantino movie. They make a lot of callbacks to older movies, and I'm not really a Tarantino guy, so I don't think I would have appreciated *Once Upon a Time in Hollywood* and. And again, I haven't watched a lot of Kevin Smith, so I probably wouldn't appreciate this, but I don't know. It's awesome that it, for someone who is a Kevin Smith fan that it really does
0: come out. Mm-hmm. And I get a lot out of it too because not only was I a fan of the movies, but they reference a lot of the podcasts that he does nowadays. Like when, oh. when they get to Hollywood, they see the marquee for Hollywood Babylon, which is one of my favorite shows he does. Um, oh, What was the one? Uh, he does... Ref- they do the uh, audio cue from Jansaw Bob Get Old, which is the Kevin Smith and Jason Buse podcast. So there's a lot of callbacks and references like that, which I really th- even thought that was pretty cool. And overall, some of my favorite characters were that. Like, they brought back... Uh, what the fuck's his name now? Uh, damn I can't believe that I'm drawing a blank right now. He's the the main character from Mollerat's Because I always like Jason Lee and whatever he's ever done, whether it be Kevin Smith's movies or My Name is Earl or whatever. But overall, I liked it. I mean, if you're a Kevin Smith fan and you watch the Viewers films from back in the day and you're a fan of the podcast, I would say go into it with uh, not overwhelming expectations. Just go into it knowing you're going to have a fun time because that's what it was. Sounds good. Yeah. So, Tim, is there anything you want to mention before we head on to a break and then we can go on to our season three retrospective?
1: that I've kind of been doing with my time is just watching cartoons and uh, I was watching I'm not sure if I mentioned this one previously but it was a a cartoon about playing a classic Japanese card game where you match poems.
0: I think you did, I think you mentioned that when we had Alex Mesker on the show
1: Right, so uh, that episode, like the it got it's third season this year after six years and uh, the the climactic episode aired this week and it was freaking good so if you're into anime at all, watch Shihaya Furu. Like, it's probably one of the best episodes of any show I've seen. So and we're talking about a decade worth of crap.
0: Wow, that is going back then, man. Yeah. Okay, so I guess with that being said, Tim, I guess we should head into to a break. So we're going to take a really quick break here in the Third Line Plug Sensecast, and we will return with our Third Line Plug Season 3 Retrospective. Coming right back.
1: Hey guys, this is Alex Metz here from the m M&M Hockey Podcast, and I am here with the Third Line Plug Sensecast.
0: Okay, Tim, we're back here on the Third Line Plug Sensecast. So Tim, we started out the episode talking about all the good stuff, about our week, previous episode, all that good stuff, and now we're on to the main course of the episode because it's time to talk about our Season 3 retrospective. Now, of course, we have a lot of stuff we need to talk about here in our Season 3 retrospective. But I feel the best way we should start it off is by starting off for the fact that we finally have a final tally for our Season 3 Ottawa Senators Foundation donation. So, just for those people who don't know, Tim and I started this last season and we thought, you know, it'd be kind of cool to do this for the Ottawa Senators Foundation where he and I would donate a dollar for every goal and every assist that said player scores. Now this year is a little bit different because we kept those two. We kept I would donate a dollar for every goal, Tim would donate a dollar for every assist, and then we added other things to it. Like we would both donate $2 for a win, $5 for a shutout, and $10 for a win versus the Leafs. Now, at the end of the first half of the season, we were able to raise $110, and with our shortened second half, Tim, we were able to donate or raise, I should say, $71 with a final count for the season, $181 for the Ottawa Senators Foundation.
1: That's awesome. It is. The season got cut off, though. Could have done a bit more.
0: It could have been. It could have been. And of course, you know, at the moment, that's the final tally. Now, of course, if, say, the season comes back and we play more regular season games, we may or may not have to recalculate all of this. But at the moment, that's what we've raised. Yeah.
1: And it's going to a good cause, so I'm
0: happy. Exactly. So we did we did have do a lot of things for our third season, and I do want to start off by asking the all important question, Tim. Overall, our third season, how do you think it went? Frankly, I think it
1: went about as well as it could've. The sends weren't great, but they weren't bad either, and I think uh, we kinda covered most of the points, uh I think our trade deadline episode this year was probably our best yet.
0: Well the, well, the nice thing is that it actually gave us actual good stuff to talk about about the Sens, not just Mark Stone gets traded and I go nuts on, on the show about all, all the people's reactions on Sens Twitter.
1: And it also helps that I think Pierre Dorian did a really good job.
0: He did. And I mean, and I made uh, my, my thoughts made clear then and I make it clear now. I still can't believe we got that return for Pacquiao. Especially yeah. when you think about, like, you know, who was not getting those kind of numbers, right? Like, fucking, uh, God, uh, was it uh, Tanner Pearson for Vancouver? Like, he, he got a second.
1: Yeah, and uh, Kreider ends up being resigned. Yeah. Like, it, just shit like that. And then, uh, what else was... And then, just at the end of the day, you also had... Uh,
0: if... The standings stay as they are. The Islanders miss the playoffs. I know, which would give us three picks in the first, what, 14? 15?
1: Uh, First 15 now, yeah. Like, isn't that insane?
0: I know, like, you know, this whole time I was wondering what that warm, fuzzy feeling was inside. I didn't know if it was optimism or diabetes or what, but it's a nice feeling. It's a nice, warm feeling. Check your feet, though. Well, my feet are still attached. <laughs> they're,
1: they're still there? All
0: right. All right. So, Tim, let's get into talking about our third season overall. Now, of course, we talked about how our third season went. But before we do that, and I can't—I know I'm, my brain's all over the place right now, let's talk about season four. Because I still can't believe when I sit here, and, you know, I, we say this every year. We're Like, man, I still can't believe this is going to be our second season. This is going to be our third season. Again, I can't believe this is going to be our fourth season of podcasting that we've done.
1: Yeah, we've been doing this for, this will be our fourth year doing it. Like, we started just kind of on a whim in 2010, sorry, 2010, fuck, 2017, and here we are.
0: Yeah, and we really didn't have a plan on what we wanted to do. We were just like, you know what, let's just start of the podcast see what we can do with it and overall like i mean i look back past the past three years and look at everything we've done like and some of the stuff we'll talk about here in the episode but i mean just now like i'm looking at a review wish list like we've had trevor shackles we've got ian mendez of course since dj alex marchant and the gentleman who we're not going to talk about in, the, in our retrospective because this happened right before the season was jamie mcclellan that was the yeah. biggest one that's still the interview I still get asked about that all the time. Whenever I bring that up, they're like, wait, you interviewed Noodles? I was like, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like, any, yeah, anytime I mention it Seth's podcast, it's like, why the Scepter? Is it like, have you talked to anyone cool? Yeah, i talked to Jay McLennan. What? What? How?
0: How's Taylor. He's the one who reached out to him.
1: Pretty much.
0: I, I still can't believe that. I know, I still can't believe it either. And, you know, even now, like I look at my contact log and i have jamie mclennan and ian mendez it's like huh, that's pretty cool yeah okay no so let's talk about our fourth season tim now overall i think our third season that uh, you and i pretty much had a pretty good idea of what we wanted to accomplish we wanted to do you know an interview every two months so i think for the most part we we're very very active in trying to do that and we were able to do that pretty very much so But I think for myself, for season four, I'm interested to hear what kind of goals you want to set for our fourth season, because off the top of my head, like, I'm just thinking because we've done so many cool things, I think it's, for me, my goals are more, let's try and be, get more and more better and more and more consistent every episode like we've been doing.
1: Yeah, and I think it's, there's still a lot of room for us to grow and, like, the stretch goal is going to be get a player on the show.
0: It is. Like, you know, just...
1: My heart would, turn, like, just melt if we could get, like, Mark Borbietsky on here. Oh, boy. But he's got a kid now, so he
0: ain't got time for that. <laughs> uh, actually, you know who'd be really good? Mark Mathon. Who? Shit, you're right. <laughs> I don't know. Do any of the players even do these kind of podcasts? Uh,
1: I think Sense Call-Up said that they've had players on before.
0: No, they they've gotten players to do their intros because they went to the fan right. fest and they would give him a piece of paper they would read it out. But I think there would be some really cool. It's like, it would be really cool to see Eric Carlson go on the Brian Fiverr sex podcast. That my would be God. amazing. Oh my God. That would be fantastic. Could you just
1: imagine an hour of radio? That's just banter between Eric and Eric,
0: <laughs> Eric and Brian. Yeah. Eric
1: and Brian, Brian yeah.
0: would just be like, Oh my God, it's Eric Carlson. This is fucking amazing. I can see it happening. Yeah. Yeah. i tune in. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of players. I mean, even currently, I'd like to get, like, Boro would be a good one. Mark Mathot would be a really good one. Uh, who else would I like to get for the podcast? Not uh, a current sender,
1: but Jason Spezza looked like he'd be fun.
0: Spez? Yeah, Spez would be a good guy. Uh, Brian McGratton would be a good one. But I think for myself, the guy I want to hear stories about is still Wade Redden. There's got to be some peak Wade Redden stories out there that the public doesn't know.
1: It better be about that, uh, was it a ping pong table? No, the pool table. The that pool David table. Chris
0: Phillips got. I actually looked that up and I had a good <laughs> laugh. I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Actually, speaking of interviews, one of our, I think, it was, I think he was one of our former cover athletes, uh, Josh Hennessy. Do you remember Josh Hennessy when he used to... Uh, be this. Yeah, yeah. so he was on the spit and Chicklets podcast this past week and i got a chance to listen to an interview and he was telling the guys on the show that during their cup run you know you know how the players they get like tickets and whatever you can give up to family and friends yeah. because during the finals they were going like half day premiums which was like 45 bucks or whatever those josh Hennessy decided to sell his tickets to make up for the money
1: <laughs> so he was God. selling
0: them to scalpers and he says and he says, well, and he just said, he says, yeah, basically I'm not the only guy who's ever done this. Like there was that one player who did it and actually got caught and he lost his season ticket privileges.
1: Oh shit. Yeah. Cause like I imagine like at the NHL level, they just don't have the funds. A lot of those teams.
0: Pretty much. But this was in the NHL level. This is when he was with the Sens. Oh shit. <laughs> I just fucking laughed. I was like, that is hilarious. <laughs> For some reason, I thought it was their Calder Cup run. No, no. This is when he (laughs) was with the the Sens in uh, 2007. (laughs) Although he was saying when he played for the Cleveland Barons or whatever, the AHL team for the Sharks, is that because they played where the Cavaliers played. So he said, yeah, he played in front of 200 people and you could actually hear the cleaning stuff, having conversations halfway across the arena. It was so quiet in there. Jesus. (laughs) I uh, know it was a really yeah. good, really good interview though.
1: Yeah, I guess at that point the team is there, so it's close to the main team. But even Cleveland is nowhere near San Jose.
0: Yeah, and that was really weird. Like I, I look at some of the NHL teams and their AHL affiliates, and it's like, why would you have a team there? Like the Canucks is a perfect example. Like I don't think they've ever had a team that was remotely close to Vancouver. Because they've had teams in like Fredericton and Winnipeg, and now they're in Utica. So it's like, why? Here's a here's a better question. And yeah,
1: there's a team in frickin' Abbotsford.
0: Yeah, like the the Flames had it in Abbotsford. Here's what I was always wondering though. How come the AHL never had a team in, say, Victoria? Like, Victoria had a, bu- has a building. They have two buildings. You could have put it in the Q Center if you're that desperate.
1: Well, like, I'm not sure an H. I wonder if an AHL team could survive in Victoria because,
0: well, they had the Salmon Kings, but then again, ECHL is not the greatest. No, that's like a tier three league, man. You put the yeah. well, I think the big draw for the AHL would be that a lot of the guys on the roster are prospects of the NHL team, and given yeah. that Victoria has a large fan base of like the Leafs or the Habs or even the Sens or whatever kind of fan base is that you would get, I think you would get more their fans more than anything else coming to watch their prospects. Could you imagine if, say, you know, Victoria had a team and we went to go see them play the Belleville Senators, so you're going to see, like, Josh Norris and uh, Abramoff and Branstrom and fucking all these players that we've been talking about and we're like, these guys are amazing. That would actually be really cool. Yeah, versus, like, yeah, you know what? The more I think about it, I can see why any ECHL team wouldn't
1: fly, especially when you have, like, the BCHL is probably similar quality hockey. Let's be real.
0: Yeah, and I know that the AHL would never come here now because they got the Victoria Royals, and I think that was the big reason the WHL came back to the island is because they didn't want the American Hockey League coming here. Yeah. Are there any teams that have both the... Uh
1: chl team and a whl sorry an AHL team well i guess manitoba moose
0: uh well, winnipeg doesn't have a whl team
1: really no why do i think they did
0: no i th- think off the top of my head i want to say there's i'm not sure there is one in in manitoba i'll have to look into that yeah but you know we're getting <laughs> i know i was gonna say we're getting kind of off track here because we can still got to talk about our season three retrospective now a couple of things that happened before our third season that we're really we're not going to talk about because we've either already covered it or it doesn't really fit up what we want to talk about. Of course, last spring we joined the National Podcast Network, which was great. And obviously we had Daniel Ash on the show. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And of course we mentioned that in the Jamie McClellan interview. But one thing that we did do to start the season off is that we debuted a brand new opening and closing song for the Third Line Plug Sounds So we actually debuted it on the 2019-2020 Ottawa Senators Storyline episode.
1: Yeah, it's, it's funny because I'm still kind of expecting the old opening when I pop in an episode.
0: I know, it's weird, and it's one of those things for me, like, it took probably an episode or two to do the editing of the episode and realize, oh, wait, we're not using that theme anymore. And I had to start re-editing again. So, of course, the... Old opening that we were using is Why You're Not Rocking by Monster Truck. And for the closing song, we were actually using a public domain rock song that I found on YouTube that I thought, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. And it was actually supposed to be just a stopgap till I could find out a song that we were going to use for the closing, but I couldn't find one. And I couldn't find what I was happy with. And for me, I was like, you know, fuck, whatever. Now, of course, given that we have debuted other songs, and, you know, we used Japan droids one time.
1: You're never gonna be able to live that down, buddy.
0: No, I'm not, man. It's on it's on Twitter forever now. <laughs> but our season three fresh code episode that we or the season the storyline episodes we did, the songs that we debuted was Denim Danger by Monster Truck, which was actually a song that Do you remember I actually fought to have this as our theme because I thought, you know, the opening lyrics I actually thought was kind of perfect for the city of Ottawa, given that out of the big four, the NHL's the only big four team in Ottawa. And really, outside of the Red Blacks and to lesser extent, the 67s, we didn't, we don't, Ottawa doesn't really have professional sports there.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: So, when I thought, I was listening to the lyrics and I was like, you know, well, this is our town. In this place, we wear the crown. I thought, well, given that the Senators are the only big four team in Ottawa, it kind of makes sense. And for our clothes, we are actually using Amsterdam by the band Nothing But Thieves. It's actually not a bad gem, and I actually found them on NHL eighteen. I think that's why I really pushed for or when I first heard them, I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. And then I listened to it and I was listening to the last like minute and a half two minutes of the song. And I said, you know, that would make a really good closing song. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> we're doing it. That's what we're gonna be using. Yeah. And it works. It does. It works great. And how I've been able to edit that clip to fit into the closing i'm able to time it so right as the vocals start we stopped talking yeah. so tim one of the big big things that we actually got to be able to accomplish this season we hit 100 episodes does that like that still seems crazy to me like we have actually done well over 100 episodes now yeah it's like you're talking about how uh, it's crazy we been doing it for three seasons that hundred episodes is also just kind of like whoa yeah and that was an episode where and of course we're we're not going to go into too much detail about it because we we already did a retrospective about that the past hundred episodes to open that episode and so we're really not going to go into i will give a couple of thoughts on on the episode overall the one thing that i really am proud of is the opening of that episode because that You heard the evolution of our themes, because when we were doing our practice episodes, we were using The Enforcer by Monster Truck. When we actually started the show, we were using Why You're Not Rocking, and now we're using Denim Danger. And of course, we used the Third Plugins War theme songs that we've been using, and I thought that was really cool. And of course, we had some people that sent in their congrats, like Daniel Lesh from the National Podcast Network, Trevor Shackles, Kelly Gibbs Barton, Joseph, Neil, and of course, our bot Adam. From the 3 Ghosts 24 Ghosts podcast. So overall, i got to ask, doing that 100th episode, what kind of memories and what kind of thoughts did you have on doing it?
1: I guess the one thing that kind of, and I don't think I I really realized it until after it was done. I listened back to it. It's like, we've kind of reached out and worked with a lot of different people.
0: And it kind of shows. It does. And I think the nice thing for us is that we never pigeonholed ourselves to who we wanted to work with like obviously we had our interview wish list of people we would love to talk to and even looking at it now we've pretty much conquered half of it already yeah. like there's some that like i look at it like okay i don't know if this person would come on i don't know if they would agree blah 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 blah. but then again we said the same about jamie McClellan. we said the same about ian mendez we said the same about alex marchand we said the same about these people and they all said yes to us so, overall, I was very, very happy with our 100th episode. And, of course, in the next several weeks, we'll be hitting our 128th spectacular episode. And I think I've got a pretty good closing for that particular episode, Tim. Uh-huh. Well, I can't spoil it now. we got to wait till 128 episodes.
1: Is it Troy McClure?
0: Yes, it's Troy McClure. <laughs> Actually, on. yeah, so speaking of, and you were talking about a lot of people that we've reached out and worked with, one thing that we actually, another thing we got to accomplish this season is we got a chance to have a third co-host on the third of Leplunk guest, and of course that was for our Christmas episode when we, <clears throat> excuse me, we had the opportunity to work with Last Word of Puck editor-in-chief and Eminem podcast co-host Alex Metzger, who joined us, like I said, for our season three, episode 12, episode The original plan for that, I think, was to have him on our 2019-20 first half recap. And the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, you know, he reached out to us and we've been really wanting to work with him and have him on the show. Uh, That's when I proposed the idea to you, to have him as a co-host. Now... I thought it was fun. I really liked that episode. And I really like the fact that Alex definitely wasn't just a fly on the wall. Like, he gave his opinion on many things that we talked about, and... He seemed to have a good time doing it. And he's another guy that I, I really look back and I really didn't know anything about Alex. And so like I knew he from on Twitter and whenever we interacted, but then I got to listen to the Eminem podcast. I read a few things he did for last word on hockey. And I was like, okay, so this guy knows what he's talking about. He is smart about hockey. And I thought, you know what? This would be a great opportunity to have a third co-host on the show. Yeah. And it really worked. I had fun with that episode and it- it was funny just kind of how well he just meshed in with us too. It's true. And we weren't like, okay, Alex, like you're the third guy. So basically Tim and I are going to do a bulk of the work and then you're going to come in with your comment to close it out. Like when we came to the games, I think for myself, I really said, I really thought of kind of like a round table discussion. Like I would start it off and I would let you guys go with it. I would add my opinion to it. That's the kind of way that it I wanted it to turn out to be, and that's the way it turned out to be in the end. So overall, I'm really happy with how it turned out. And if Alex ever wants to come back on the show as a co-host, we can definitely try and get him back on one of these days.
1: Yeah, and I hope he does because it was a ton of fun.
0: (laughs) Another thing that was a lot of ton that was a ton of fun for the season is actually the introduction of one of my favorite segments we get to do, and that of course is discussion point. Now the idea came about after. <clears throat> I was seeing a bunch of stuff on, like you and I would see a bunch of either something on social media or we hear something and we kind of make a mention of it, but we couldn't remember who said it or where it came from. And I thought that's where the idea came for. This would be a great time to create a segment where we bring that in and we just discuss it. Now, I, now, do you remember? I think the original name was going to be discussion period. And you made the mention that he says, well, I don't know. I mean, that sounds pretty close to Bruce Garriott's ceremony for SENS Games. And that's yeah. went to Discussion Point. So overall, with Discussion Point, like how do you feel that has turned out for Season 3? And is that something you would love to see come back for Season 4?
1: Honestly, it's a great way to talk about kind of those stories that they are a bit too big. Or like stories, ideas, whatever, that are a bit too big for top of the hour. But are you can't really miss them either yeah or it's just a good fun way to shoot shit about some random idea
0: Oh, well, of course and i mean i have a really good idea on my phone which i'll send you in the next couple of days maybe we do it for season four but it's one of those things where as you said it was always stories that was either too big for top of the hour, or we would i could I, either i would see it or you would see it and think i don't know if we could fit it in with the news cycle i think it should just be its own thing and we've got a lot of really good feedback on it and i know even with our all-star game episode that's basically what that was it was just a giant discussion point episode was our All-Star. yeah
1: because at the same time it was also what are we going to do with the with the all-star period
0: <laughs> yeah and it turned out great and we had people that reached out who listened to it and they commented like even on the last episode like we were talking about the nhl 2k series potentially coming back and we had somebody respond i'm thinking. I don't know who this person is, but I'm really glad that they listened to it and reached out. Yeah,
1: and now I know there's a game like Football Manager for hockey.
0: I know. Is that something you're going to be doing now with your social uh, distancing, Tim?
1: Uh, maybe. Uh, we'll see how much work I have this coming week. <laughs> Fair enough.
0: Now, another thing that we actually started for Season 3 is... One thing that we want to do for our cover athletes is that we always have an ex-sense player or even a current sense player to have it. We would run down their career very short, very brief, but then we, then we kind of quartered ourselves because we said, okay, what about the numbers that we've never had a sense player wear? And that's when I, we, the point was brought up. What do we do for those episodes with a sense player? And the solution was, well, why don't we have say a non-sense player be our said cover athlete? And... I got really creative with how we went about this because there were certain episodes where <coughs> excuse me, I, I would propose to you what about rappers and Sens jerseys? What about Sens team personnel? What about Sens and TSN personalities? And some of the episodes even in this season, like we've had five of them. We had five alternative cover athletes and there's all great and you and I had a lot of great feedback on it and we commented on it. And of course we had the five with Brian Fire six for episode 56. Snoop Dogg for episode 60, Craig Medaglia episode 66, Jamie McLennan episode 75, and of course, Bonk Mullet for episode 76.
1: Aren't you forgetting Goon?
0: Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot uh, Doug Glatt. Yes, for episode 69. Dang yeah. it. Now overall, like, with this idea, like, I don't know, like, how do you feel about having this alternative cover athlete for Sensei? sense player? Because obviously, as, I'm sure you would agree with me, like, it would really pigeonhole us to what exactly we could do with it because well there's no sense player now what do we do
1: well i mean what else are we gonna do leave it a hole
0: i know and that's kind of cheating our audience to be like here today's cover athlete is no one
1: i think we could do that maybe once with like a kent brockman joke
0: yeah it may not be perfect but it's still the best government that we have
1: yeah something like that
0: for now but no, I was very happy with our cover athlete or our alternative cover athletes. And I know even for season four, we're still going to have some really good ideas. We're not going to obviously disclose them now, but we still got a lot of great ideas for those. So you guys just gonna just got to keep it up and keep voting on the cover athlete polls because I love putting them up for you. Because
1: I've got a feeling that uh, we're going to have a lot more no poll weeks coming up.
0: Well, you know what, Tim? Like... I'm going to quickly look this up because definitely in the 80s, like we're going to have a, some some '80s ones for sure, but I mean, excuse me. But I know for your episode 80s, like we're going to have a few really good ones. Uh, who are we going to have? Um, Martin Straka might be one. Alish Hemsky might be one. Yeah, I remember Alish Hemsky when he used to play for us.
1: That was you a, mean when we finally got Alish Hemsky after – Brian Murray's many years of trying
0: okay so far uh, episodes 81 82 83 85 86 and 89 are going to have cover athletes nice you know what I'm just looking at right now for episode 81 I really hope Ron Hainsey wins it what's this competition uh, Phil Veroni
1: oh just so you can open it up with
0: fuck what the fuck yeah, pretty much. That's all we need. That, that will be the highlight of his time as an Ottawa senator, is that moment. It's just dropping that particular F-bomb. Ep- Although, for episode 83, we also have Christian Yaros with Emski.
1: Yeah. So we do have options, so. the
0: yes. 90, And I don't think the 90s will be too rough either. I don't think so, no, because we're going to have Alexander Deg, probably Mika Sabinejad, a few other players, so it'll be good. Yeah, no. It'll be good. Oh, it'll be really good. Now, of course, with all of the positive things that we talked about on our third season, one of the toughest for me was opening up about my mental health problems. And of course, this was during episode seventy one because that week it was the Bellist Talk Day. And so of course I opened up about my me dealing with depression and anxiety and having a panic attack and whatever. And one thing I thought was really great about that that was really, really hard to do. Yeah, and I know even for yourself, like, I told you right before we recorded, I just said, Tim, are you ready for this? Because I knew you would not be prepared if I did not tell you beforehand. I mean, yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, and even though, like, we had talked about it the week previous that I was going to do it, but I still felt like I had to bring that up to you. Be like, listen, you're going to hear a lot of shit I've never told you before. This is all going to be new to you, and this is going to surprise you. Just roll with it. But the one thing I was very happy about with this, with that episode is the reception that we got on Twitter was overly, overwhelmingly positive. And it was great to see the feedback on what I said. And even some people that came out of the woodwork and said, Hey, you know what? Keep your guys' heads up. You know, we like doing the show or we like listening to the show. and We're glad you guys do it. And that's really, really great to see because like I said, on the episode, like it sucks that maybe sometimes we don't hear from anybody about the episodes but then I didn't know where we would get those kind of receptions, right? Where people would come out of the woodwork and be like, hey man, we like the episode, we do what you do, and we'll keep supporting it. Yeah.
1: And honestly, what more can
0: you ask for? Absolutely. And I mean, you know, for what, five, six years of getting everything off my chest like that? You know, and given what had happened to Quinn, and then, you know, you heard about the deaths and whatever in my family and outward. So it was great to get a lot of that off my chest, and a lot of the people I saw on Twitter, of course, open about their stuff, like Kelly gibbs Barton opened up about hers, Neil from Maple Syrup Shots is talking about it. And even the founder of the National Podcast Network, Daniel Esch, came out. And I thought that was really great because, again, we didn't know anything about the guy. And, <coughs> excuse me. And so for him to do that, we, well, I mean, I quote tweeted him just saying, hey, you know what? My hat goes off to this guy for finally being honest and open with himself.
1: Yeah, and like, it's, it's hard to do shit like that and just kind of own it, you know?
0: Exactly. Now, speaking of Daniel Ash, one of the things that we did get to do this season, given that we are on the National Podcast Network, is we got to do an interview with Daniel Ash back in February, and it was actually the very first time talking to him because the only interactions I had with him was through DMs when he was coming, he wanted us to come onto the network, and we were talking back and forth. That's so. I thought that was really great. Now, overall, I thought it was a really fun interview. and It's
1: I, good to know that most of the famous uh, Philly cheesesteak places are bullshit.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. But you know my favorite part of the episode, and I know you're going to love this when I say this, was getting him to cringe over how many nice things he's going to have to say about Brady to Chuck if we do another Twitter bet with him. Oh,
1: that was good stuff. And I love, you know what? As much as I was like we should we should draft Sadita, the fact that there is a visceral hatred in the NHL for Brady Kachuk is just wonderful. And you and know And I'm glad that we we have a player who is legitimately hated. It's it so just makes good. the sense hard to play against.
0: It is, and you know, for years because we were always known as like the nice guy team, the team that, you know, you could run us over. We had all the talent in the world, but we were never tough. And now Brady Chuck comes to town and.
1: Ho, oh, oh, ho, oh, oh. ho, ho. I'm going to hold you there. Remember when Chris Neal just absolutely murdered Taylor Byrne? Sorry, Tanner Glass.
0: Okay, that was 2017. you got to remember, this is like in the early 2000s. This was the reputation that we had. Yeah. We but didn't Chris have. Chris Neal murdered people. Oh, we did. And that's why Chris Neal was a fan favorite. And that's why Brady Chuck's a fan favorite in Ottawa nowadays. Yeah.
1: Oh well, yeah, the Sens always had the capacity for crazy bullshit.
0: Yeah, but it, Brady is such a different kind of breed with the Senators because we've never, to be honest, we've never had that kind of agitating, pain in the ass player before. Yeah, like yeah, I can't like think yeah, of yeah, like realistically, about the
1: Sens who's ever really been close?
0: No, I don't think we ever really had that guy. Um max mccormick maybe not for either. that for a game or two yeah but that was about it but you know what's funny like i went back and i watched that brady to check on scott Lauten hit and the one thing i noticed is that when brady cross-checks him lawton dived and that's where brady saw that that's why brady jumped him
1: i oh, don't know i still don't think he should have jumped him
0: i i can kind of see why he did it i'm not saying he should have but I'm saying I can see why he did it
1: yeah well yeah forever I'm still in the opinion that uh, Mac Chuck didn't have to fight so you could kind of see where I look how I look at these sort of things
0: yeah I know and you and I had a really great discussion for discussion point on that episode
1: yeah 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 honestly I really do love the discussion point format that we've kind of adopted to
0: mm-hmm and it's only gonna get better when we more or less refine what discussion point is
1: what we're not going to talk about carlson and ketchup
0: anymore oh no we're still going to talk about all the good stuff like because come on now the sends and their culinary skills all-time classic top radio exactly now just to close out about the Daniel Eichie interview overall i thought it was a really fun interview and for myself writing that was probably one of the easiest interviews to do because there was it, it gave me a lot of stuff to work with, and I knew that we wanted to talk about the Flyers and then talk about what he does podcasting and blogging and the network and everything. And then, of course, we closed it out with Pat Urginos, And like you said, he gave us the inside scoop on some really good cheesecakes in Philadelphia. Yeah,
1: if I ever go to Philly, I'll have to re-listen to that episode, so I'm in the know.
0: Mm-hmm. Now we're going to close out our Season 3 retrospective with the way that our season three ended, is the season ended due to the coronavirus so far? Now, of course, over the last couple of months, that like, we had been hearing about the virus in the news and people were freaking out about it, but I think for myself, it didn't really hit home that this was really going be, kind to of become a thing, was until the sens Kings game when the when the NBA got shut down. And I'm I think I've said this before, but I think most folk, it didn't become real until the sports closed. And you know what's funny? I was listening to Hollywood Babylon earlier this week. And the one thing that they mentioned is that, isn't that funny? Whenever these kind of diseases happen, it's not until somebody in entertainment or sports dies of it that we actually take it seriously. Like if you think of the 80s, like with AIDS, and we all knew AIDS was as serious as it was, it wasn't until actor Rock Hudson died. And that's when the public was like, holy crap, Like this is a really serious thing.
1: Well, it was either that or the sports world, Magic Johnson.
0: Yeah, or even in the music world when Eazy-E got it in 95. Yeah. Scary shit, man. But, yeah, like you said, like this is really where it really hit home and it really became a reality. This was very, very serious when the NHL got shut down, the NBA got shut down, baseball was in spring training. They got shut down. Of course, the NFL already in their off season. So it really sucks because, like, with me being home, it would have been nice to have to sit down and watch some hockey or just keep my mind away from what's going on in the world. And that's where, like, I have not watched the news. I tend to not read anything on social media just because I know this is very serious. But at the same time, it's like, okay, I get it serious. I don't want to have to hear about it over and over and over again. Well,
1: I think the other thing is... Think at this point, unless it's a government advisory, I don't think
0: you're. I don't think listening to the news nonstop is really gonna make you more informed. No, all he, all it's doing is feeding into your paranoia.
1: Yeah, so it's just listen to the government. No know, know what you can and can't do, and just like I know it's it's rough, especially because uh, like Chelsea has asthma, right? So uh, I I'm resigned to the fact that even if I do everything right, I'm probably gonna get it. And that's kind of frightening. But at the end of the day, what happens will happen.
0: Exactly. And, and I know you... It's going to suck, but... Oh, it's... Well, you know what? Like, when this whole coronavirus thing happens, it sucked that the first person to get it was Tom Hanks. Of it's all, okay, though. I know, but of all people, and even Kevin Smith on of Babylon said, he says, honestly, when Tom Hanks announced he had it, it almost sounded like... You know in, like, those spoof movies of... Uh, you know, a pandemic or whatever, and you're like, "Oh, who got the first spoon? Well, I bet it was Tom Hanks, and it was the first guy to get it." And you're like, "This is not real life. Like, it's Tom Hanks. Like, he can't get the coronavirus."
1: Well, the other one I remember is watching the, just watching the stock market go into free fall after the NBA closed. It's like, "Yep, this one's this is
0: why it's really real now." I know. As scary as it is, the one positive I'm taking away from it, though. Gas is now pretty cheap.
1: Well, I mean, you get a twofer on that one because you also have the Saudi-Russian oil war.
0: I haven't honestly been following that at all.
1: Uh, yeah. So it's they used to have an agreement to pump X amount, and then uh, can't remember they couldn't renew the agreement, so they're both pumping a shitload of oil. Sucks for Alberta. Probably good for the rest of the country.
0: Yeah, that's true. So, Tim, do you have anything you want to comment on our third season before we head off into the close for another night? Say we didn't beat the Leafs this season. You know what? And I'm going to quickly look back in our, our donation, how we run it down, because I said we would donate $2 for every win, $5 for every shutout, and 10 wins for every win. This season, we did not beat the Leafs once, and not once did we get a shutout.
1: Wait, we didn't have a single
0: shutout this nope. season? Holy crap. But you know what, though? In the end, if it gets us, you know, the future.
1: Then so be it. I still can't believe how freaking bad Detroit was. Holy shit.
0: I know. And you know what's going to be hilarious if they end up losing the draft? Well, I mean, the odds are stacked against them. It's true, because they have, what, one pick to us having two? Yeah, I can't wait till we get laugh on here oh that's gonna be so good oh it's gonna be so good well guys thank you so much for listening to the third line plug soundscast I hope you've enjoyed it because believe me Tim and I love recording it for you we're on the national podcast network you can find our page at nationalpodcast.network. we can find our link to iTunes SoundCloud and Google Play we're also on Twitter at third line plug is our Twitter handle Tim is at m901honeybadger and I'm at great white gibster gr8 W-A-T-E, Gipster. If you want to shoot us an email to talk about our Season 3 Retrospective episode, shoot us an email at cash at gmail.com So Tim, I guess we won't be returning for another couple of weeks, but the good news is, when we do come back, we're going to be talking about the 2019-2020 Ottawa Senators second half recap with Silver 7 Sens writer and Internal Budget Podcast co-host, Brandon Mackey. Ooh, that's going to be a fun time. Oh, that's going to be good, man. Until next time, guys. I am your host, Taylor Gibson.
1: And this has been Tim Jensen.
0: Go Sens, guys. Woo!